final segment on the Jack Michael Show here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM on a Monday. Common Man, bumper to bumper with Dan Burrow all on deck. Red Hawks back in action tomorrow night. Seven-inning doubleheader against the Winnipeg Gold Eyes from Newman Outdoor Field. We go to our fan phone line now. Chase Miller and Derek Hansen in for Jack Michaels. Today we go to the voice of the North Dakota State Athletic Program from the television side that is Brian Sean and alongside who works at Midco Sports Network. Uh, Brian, crazy to think that we're at this time August the 10th where normally we'd be talking about storylines and players to watch in college football and specifically for North Dakota State who can be the next Chase Morlocks of the world and James Hendricks but now we're kind of waiting to see what each institution elects to do after the Valley moved their conference uh, schedule to the spring and kind of leaving each institution to non-conference play so Brian I I guess when it comes to college athletics and specifically college football how important are practices right now for a Matt Ants who didn't even have a spring season because that was cut not even short just cut because of COVID-19 well I think it's it's good for his his team his coaches his kids to get back out and and just get some degree of normalcy again you know they really have they haven't had that and and it still looked very different you know the way everything was put together you know with everybody wearing masks or face shields or PPE of some sort but to me it was it even for me you know for my soul on Friday it felt good to just see practice again and to be around it again and, and see football to some degree. Um, but I think for all of his guys, I, I think they needed, they needed something to get back on the field with their teammates uh, after just being cooped up for so long. And yeah, the off season workouts, workouts have been going on, but it, it's much more different when you put on the helmets and the jerseys and get back out on the field. So they're going again this morning. I think they went again this morning, and I think they're still, as far as North Dakota State is concerned, it is still full speed ahead. And until someone tells them they can't go, they're going to keep going. That's interesting, you know, because I think for as as far as the FCS schedule, I think we knew we were in trouble when the Colonials said, "Okay, we're we're going to postpone the season." But you maybe had some outliers think, "Okay, well, the Big Sky, if they can hang in there." And then when the Big Sky made their decision, you knew that as far as the championship portion is, you know, that's so, certainly out of you know we knew that was probably going to get moved to the spring. But really, the fall thing kind of opens up some opportunities if you want to get creative. And it sounds like Matt Larson wants to get creative. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think NDSU has been very uh, forthcoming about their intentions, about what they want to do, about whatever options they have to, to get on the field and play. They're, they want to play. And that's what I think maybe separates them from so many other. And, you know, we talk about the differences between programs, the haves and have nots in FCS. This is what makes them different. What other FCS schools are really talking about? we're going to do everything we can to play no matter what it takes. You know, we're going to continue to practice. We're going to continue to go. I mean, they're in whatever it costs to do the testing, whatever the, the, the mandates are that the NCA put out last week. I, I think they were saying, all right, we'll do them. Let's go. Let's do this. And it's one of those things where who knows where it's all going to end up at the end of the day, guys. I mean, we, we've seen so much unfold in the last 24 to 48 hours that it makes us kind of head spin a little bit, but, you know, at some point we're going to have to, to actually make a decision one way or the other about who's playing and who's not playing. And and I think at that point, uh, one way or another, at least we kind of know what, what the plan, whatever it looks like, is going to be in the next uh, for the next calendar year. 
Is it crazy to think, Brian, that uh, all of a sudden you could have potentially the Summit League tournament and go to March Madness if everything goes according to schedule, obviously, in the next um, month, month and a half here to have a winter calendar season, then all of a sudden flip it and go, oh, I guess we're doing the Fargo Dome, but we're not doing the Fargo Dome for spring. We're doing the Fargo Dome for UND, NDSU, South Dakota State, NDSU, those Valley games potentially in you know late March, early April. <laughs> we've, we've talked about that at the office a lot, about how – uh, the spring could look for us. Spring is typically very slow. Once we get through the summer league tournament, it's usually our time to kick back. And yeah, we have spring football, and yeah, we have a couple other things in terms of baseball, softball. But we're we're pretty quiet. This could be a crazy spring <laughs> that you know we're talking about televising football after basketball season concludes. You know, we could have teams in March Madness while football is in week three or four. It's totally unprecedented. It's it's not like you know you try to wrap your mind around it. It's just it's hard to do that. But it's very realistic that that's where we're hitting. And that is if we can get to a point even in the spring to where we can have <laughs> have these sports still on the floor, court, field, whatever the case may be. And uh, I hope we can get to that point. And we obviously have to make sure that um, as a country, as a community, all of us individually do our part to make sure that can happen. I think that's one of the scarier things for me, just knowing a virus and we get in a cold and flu season. You know, there's no guarantees for any of this, to be quite frank, right? I mean, this could be a – I almost think that they should have tried to make football work now and get it going because it doesn't – I mean, we're just talking about a virus here. Unless there's some big-time safe and effective vaccine, there's no guarantees that we can make this go. I mean, it's just it's going to slowly spread. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more, Derek. As a matter of fact, I think – especially in the northern states where we're all going to be forced inside more often and forced into tighter spaces. Obviously, that, and it gets cold. That's when usually we all get sicker, right? That's when we're more more prone to it. And that's where I think uh, there is no guarantee. And I'm kind of with you. I I think I would have been open to at least trying. Just Let's just try. Let's just see what happens, mm-hmm. right? But I do think that these universities, school presidents, administrators, conference commissioners, get squeamish when it comes to the liability that they're under if a large population or even a small population of their student-athletes get the virus on their watch and there is determined to be some long-term health effect, how that's going to impact them in the, in the school. And I think that's where everybody is scared. They're, they're not The NCAA is not allowing students to sign waivers, understandably that they, they don't want to take their, take their rights away from them. But when you take when you solely put that liability on universities and school presidents, that is an awfully big decision to make for them, and it, it puts it puts them on eggshells. And I get that too. Yeah. And that's what makes this so challenging right now. This part of it, and, and honestly, PJ Fleck told me this like three weeks ago when he was up here. He had we had this exact same conversation, and that's what he said. It, it's it's not necessarily about the virus now. It's about what the virus could turn into. What effects it could have on student athletes and we just don't have any answers to those questions we may have less answers now than we had five months ago and yeah. that's what's really hard about all this and i str- where i struggle with that because you're right but i i brought this up earlier you know when you talk about concussions and long-term effects and dementia and, and mental illness and you know the, some of the other things you know you think about the Rutgers player who was paralyzed i mean there's just 
there's inherent risk when you walk on the football field anyway. Does that make any sense? So, I mean, it is. No, it is kind of, It's a kind of an ironic thing that we're worried about. It's not that I'm not saying one is more or less a, a serious concern. It's just we're talking about football here for crying out loud. So, it's. I, no, I know. I, I'm with you. I, I, I would say these, these players are taking inherent risk by putting their bodies in harm's way the way they are right now. And, and by just choosing to play the game of football, they're doing that. And, you know, we've talked about CTE for how long, and, they, and people are starting to see the long-term effects of that and what that could have on certain players. And then, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I thought, had a really good point on Twitter last night. You know, I hadn't really thought about it. He's like, this is actually, from our, from our standpoint, it's safer for us to be with our teams and our programs where we're getting tested regularly and we're around our teammates and our groups, and we all have to stay on the straight and narrow to play than it would be for us just to disband and send players to wherever they're from if they're doing school online or doing whatever they're doing, they may have greater risks for COVID there. No or they, and they may not have the, the medical care that they would have at necessarily at our facility with team doctors and whatnot. And, you know, there's, there's value to that. And I think the players, you know, making their voices heard. And in that, I still think needs to be considered in all this before it's all said and done is they're having decisions made for them without really having, you know, any skin in the game. And, and I, I, I recognize that. I think everybody else does too. But I think the the one underlying factor that guys that I think has been shown is there really is no true quote unquote leader of all this. And you need, you know what I mean? You all, you need somebody, some individual that's commissioner, somebody that ultimately is going to make the call one way or the other without putting on a bunch of school officials that have no idea what they're supposed to do. And I think that that has been exposed throughout this, entire process well chase brought that up earlier <laughs> i was just I mean, gonna say thanks for putting the cherry on top exactly there, <laughs> and it really because you know it's been talked about for years when it comes to the postseason with fbs football correct i mean that's been and but now this adds it on top of it because there's no consistency even the replay rules are different between conferences during the regular season so that it really does bring that to we got to quit it you think that there's inconsistency in the past few years you know how many decades with the american league and the National League not having the DH and one and the other. I mean, it's a whole different game when you talk about FBS football. Everyone has their own rules. And you bring up a great point, Brian. I mean, it's just, it seems like, and then what happens when you have a situation like this is what we're seeing right now. Everything's reactionary. It's not proactive. It's all reactive. Well, no one wants to make the decision, Derek. Yes. Everybody's, no, everybody's looking at each other. No one wants to make the tough call. Whether right, whether it be play or not play, no, no one wants to be that person that has to do it. And this, everybody keeps pointing fingers at each other. And ultimately, what has been put onto is co- a conference commissioners and university presidents that who ha- ultimately is who has to vote on this. And are those people really the ones that should be voting on this? Yeah, I, I don't think that's a fair. I don't think that's fair to do that. And, and I think there needs to be, and the players need to have a voice in, in this decision too. You know, they're the ones that are playing. So it's the system itself, I think, it's just it's shown some irregularities in how it needs to operate. And now that the players are starting to organize to some degree, I think that it's going to be a very interesting 12 months from now. You know what I'm saying? On on where we could be and how all this sets up. Where it ends, shoot, I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. But uh, you you do feel bad for all the student-athletes. We're not just talking about college football here either. I mean, all the fall sports in college – could be gone, you know, volleyball players, soccer players, everybody that still puts the time in to try to get as good as they can at their sport that are missing an opportunities. And that's, 
that stinks. Well, we talk about trickle down economics. Yeah, you talk about trickle down economics. I mean, college football not happening. It's it's. but, it, it's a big deal. You could see sports getting cut left and right, guys. That is really, really sad. Final thing for Brian Sean again with us here on the Jack Michael Show. To your point about players having a voice, uh, Trey Lynch just tweeted this out. We put in too much work to not get an opportunity. Hashtag we want to play. And that was the big hashtag circulating over the weekend with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And normally, Brian, I would ask you this question. Who is the next guy? Who's the next Chase Morlock? Who's the next Derek Tusco of the world? But because we don't know what's going to happen in the fall, I'll ask it to you this way. We've heard it from an FBS level of having something in terms of a player represent, or having players have their voice heard more than ever than we ever have in the NCAA. Is this a trickle-down effect to FCS, Division II, Division Three? Is this something that's not just going to be at the highest power of college, but do you think guys who understand that their viability in the FCS can, can also make, not a name for themselves, but a name for players and have the right, you know, hey, we want this, we want X, we want Y when we come back and play football? Well, whether FBS, I, you know, it's a good question too, Chase, whether you're FBS, FCS, D2, D3, your challenges as a student athlete, each of those levels are a little bit different. How you, you know, how, how you go about those sports and how you go about those levels, I think it varies across the board. So I do think it would help to have players, I don't want to say, I don't think union's the right word, but certainly a player's council to talk about the challenges that the student athletes are facing at their respective levels and have further discussion about it and find ways and solutions to get around it and have a voice in it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The FCS level kids and the D3 level kids, they probably have different concerns. But whatever those are at those levels, I do think that needs to be a bigger part of the conversation when it comes to not necessarily this situation, but a lot of different situations. Because ultimately, they're the ones that are competing. They're the ones that are out there. And yes, they're getting great opportunities. They're getting college scholarships. They're getting an education. They're getting an opportunity to play. But at the same time, there needs to be some give and take there, I think, as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's something that, that the NCAA absolutely needs to explore. Hey, Brian, as always, great conversation. Thank you very much. I hope that I see you at a practice field, a, <laughs> a, a press box some somewhere sooner rather than later, okay? Hey, you know what? Whatever it is, uh, if there's anything going on, I'll be just happy to see something live. (laughs) So I do hope I see you guys around and and we're talking about something going on, regardless of what it is. Awesome. Brian, Sean, thank you very much. Enjoy it and uh, best to you and your family, okay? Hey, thanks. You guys too. Take care.